Good morning. Thank you for being here on a beautiful, beautiful day. And we get to focus our attention on Jesus Christ who saved us and what he saved us for. The last time uh, I preached, I was talking about uh, never giving up. But before you never give up, you have to keep growing. One of the reasons why Christians sometimes give up or have moments where they want to give up is because they are not continuing to grow spiritually. And when you and I are not in a growth mode, when we are not flourishing spiritually, we are easy pickings for Satan. Satan is just waiting, waiting for you to get some distance with God and to be floating along, stumbling along, rolling along on automatic, and he's going to pick you off. Uh, He has every (laughs) number of ways of, of doing that. But I tell you what, when you and I are focused on growing spiritually, becoming more like Jesus every day, uh, things change. Your life will change. If you are not focused on growing spiritually, uh, you're going to have some difficulties. And it's not going to be pretty. You're focused on becoming more like Jesus every day. The holiness trail that he has made for us, the way, Uh, you and I have uh, all kinds of things to look forward to and to learn every single day. Um, You know that the God who made you, who thought you up, was the first one to uh, think up continuous learning and continuous improvement. Anybody ever heard of those things? Now, in enterprise, in the business world, continuous improvement has taken hold over the last uh, 30, 40 years. Um, It actually, people pay some attention to it, not enough. (laughs) But there's a reason for paying attention to continuous improvement. There's a reason why the human mind actually even can conceive of continual learning or continuous learning. It's because it's the way the human brain was designed. The psyche of, we call the soul, the psyche of human beings is designed by God in a very intricate way. And it happens that um, you and I grew up being told some things that were incorrect. I remember being told that uh, after a certain age, your brain cells start dying and there's nothing you can do about it. Tough noogies. (laughs) Well, that's 100% incorrect, medically, scientifically, proven now that the human mind can and does generate new cells all the time, brain cells constantly, constantly, if if that human being is actually in the learning mode. If the human being is walking around in a daze and is on automatic pilot doing everything in a routine and never thinking 
thinking, really thinking deeply about anything, contemplating choices, reprioritizing, trying different things. If a human being never gets off of automatic pilot, they, their brain will atrophy. But it's not because of the lack of cell growth. It's because the dendrites in between are not communicating properly. Do you know that the brain is designed in the same way that marriage is? Okay, that's scary. <laughs> Many scary things in life. But the brain, the brain actually has to have communication between all these neuron networks constantly to actually stay alive and to grow and to expand. And the networks in the brain are extremely complicated. Extremely complicated. Little tiny hairs, these, these wires, these hard wires that are in the brain, uh, chemical electrical uh, system, these networks, just for the eyeball alone, there's 30 super complex networks with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles of wires just for the communications across the brain having to do with the eyes. Now, the way the human brain works is, is awesome. And we are finding out more and more in the last, since 1998, not only have we found out that you and I can continue to, our, to grow <laughs> uh, in our minds, um, we can actually be thriving uh, until late in life if we engage our brains in a certain way. Um, Dr. James Duke, professor of neurobiology at Duke University, uh, says new brain cells are generated in adult humans all the time. The aging brain continues to have a remarkable ability to grow, adapt, and change patterns uh, of connection. Um, he goes on to say, contrary to popular belief, mental decline is not due to a steady death of nerve cells, but rather underuse of the dendrites. This communication is not going on. You know what happens in human relationship if there's not good communication? The relationship suffers. Anybody here know that from personal experience? You know the problems that most human beings have are because they don't communicate well. Yeah, on an interpersonal level, in an honest, open fashion. They're not good communicators. The brain that actually moves you to do different things during the day is designed in such a way that if the cells don't communicate well with each other, the brain itself, the brain function, actually decreases. The life of the brain decreases when communication is restricted. This, this is the pattern of God. This is the design of God. This is the way it works. You want to have a, a life-filled, joy-filled set of relationships, then you learn how to communicate well in a positive, constructive way, or you're in deep trouble. You're in deep trouble. I don't care if you're an introvert. I don't care. You better learn how to communicate, because that is the design of God. Um, 
there are several things that uh, we have to pay attention to from the scriptures, and we'll, we'll keep trying to pay attention to them. But human beings are not designed to stagnate. What do you do during the day? You go somewhere, some of you sit in a chair in front of a computer for a long time. And then you get in the car, and you sit in the car for a long time. And then you get home, and you sit in front of the TV eating something for a long time. Probably too much. Hey, this is not the right ingredients. This is, this is not the right recipe for a flourishing life, okay? You actually have to exert some self-control the way the apostles teach. You actually have to exert some self-discipline the way the apostles teach. That's why they're talking about it. They're not talking about it for some other reason. Do you know that all growth is actually spiritual growth? Did you know that? That's why I mentioned that when we talk about the brain, the psyche, the seat of life, the soul, where the life of God resides, this is, this is the seat. This is where everything is happening. And you and I have to pay attention to what is going on and how we're using our brains because most of what we're doing is on automatic pilot and it does nothing for us in terms of having a flourishing life. Now, let me just show you a couple things. This was read a minute ago by Jeremiah. I want you to notice, I've emboldened the, emboldened the, um, the words must grow. I don't know if you know this or not, but the Bible tends to emphasize certain things. And if you'll notice the way the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Peter talk, they actually use this grammar quite a bit. They say, you must you must rid yourselves of malice. You, you must clothe yourselves with tenderness. You must grow in the... Does this sound like a choice for you? No. This is one of the things about the Word of God that I love so much. I may not feel like doing some of these things all the time, but God is expressing himself. He is, he is through the apostles, telling you and me what we need to do, this is what we need to do. We must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You need to know Jesus Christ better than you did yesterday. You get to have today to get to know Jesus Christ better. It's not just a knowledge, oh yes, for the last 50 years, I, I, have, I know the Bible. I, I know Jesus. But it's the whole reason for walking with him daily is to really get to know him. Not through somebody else, not in a vicarious way in church, but for yourself, really get to know him. You need to know Jesus Christ well, yourself. Uh... <laughs> As a person, as a person, not as a bunch of words, but as a person, he is fully described, he fully uh, describes himself even in terms of his own teachings, we can know him. And in the end, the thing that counts is the grace of God. What saved you? Well, you should be a lot faster than that. What saved you? 
Thank you. The grace of God saved you. And it's said to us multiple times in the New Testament, that's the good news. The grace of God saves you. So why is it that the Apostle Peter is saying, you must learn, you must grow in this grace that saved you? It's a saving grace. It's the only thing that can save the people around you. Everybody you know can be saved by this grace, but it needs to be experienced through you. Through you. Not somebody else. You. You are saved, why? To come sit in a building? You were saved, why? He gives us the marching orders before he leaves the earth. When he tells us to go make disciples, he's talking about this. You and I are growing in the grace that has saved us. That's the idea. And when we're growing in the grace that saves us, then some of that kind of flows on to some people around you. And you can actually make other disciples. Until they experience the grace of God through you, the love of God through you, they're not going to care one iota. They don't care. But when they actually start experiencing the kindness of God, the grace of God, that's, that can save every human being, then you got something to go on, you got something to talk about, and you actually could end up doing what Jesus told us to do to make disciples everywhere we go. Um, so, must grow. We must keep growing. Upstairs in the balcony, right there at 9.30, assuming I get done by 9 o'clock, we are starting the Grow class. And this is uh, connected to Mission One training. It overlaps with the Disciple class. It overlaps into the Grow class. The idea is... Uh, We also have the Why I Am a Member of the Church of Christ, specific focused courses, classes for people so they actually, everybody who comes to Laurel can actually know in a real way what it is they're doing, why they believe, who they're following, uh, what what it is that we've been asked to do uh, as we've been saved. Um, All of these things, and in this case, growing You and I need some help and some encouragement to keep growing. You know how busy you get? I know how busy you get. You get busy, and the next thing you know, you haven't really thought about spiritual stuff or done things kind of like Jesus for a little while. Some days have gone by. It's a problem because after a while, you're not going to be growing. So uh, upstairs, if you want to join us, there's like 30, 35 chairs up there. Uh, Come be a part of that discussion. We have a booklet that goes along with it, just like in the disciple class. And uh, I think that you will benefit uh, from that ongoing conversation. Here's God's design. God's design is growing. Now, um, in a book by a guy named Steve Korch, uh, it's called My Soul Thirsts. I think I've talked about this before. My Soul Thirsts. 
you know, Jesus Christ talked about that, right? I don't know Steve Course, but I know Jesus Christ. Um, he, but he's writing about something that Jesus Christ said. And Jesus was saying, hey, you need to be thirsting and hungering for what is good. This is part of the problem. You and I aren't motivated to grow. We're too busy doing what we got to do, and then we don't have the motivation to grow spiritually. But Jesus Christ comes to earth to save you, and he starts talking to you about thirsting and hungering for God, for righteousness, for being right with God, for walking in a right way with God, hungry for that more than real food, more than accomplishing a whole set of things, more than making a bunch of money. Jesus Christ comes talking about hungering and thirsting spiritually. That has everything to do with growing. There are a lot of Christians who don't seem interested in what Jesus Christ was teaching. By by the look of how they live every day, is there real spiritual thirst? Is there real spiritual hunger? Or are they just bumping along on automatic pilot? That's my question. And I know that it can happen because it's happened to me. So, anyway, he says this. He says, I am convinced that God does not intend for his people to live painless, undisturbed lives. But a lot of Christians would like to have a painless, undisturbed life. (laughs) I don't know why we think we want that. Rather, God longs for us to live a powerful life marked by sustained change and unfolding freedom from the dysfunctions of an old life. Your whole life after you are baptized from then on is supposed to be a new life. Not same-o, same-o. Get rid of the same-o, same-o. If you belong to Jesus Christ, there is no same-o, same-o. You are a new creation. And your mind is to be renewed daily by God Himself. Yeah, through the Holy Spirit. You are supposed to be filled up in an active way, an interactive way, Romans 5, 5, with the very love and essence and character of God through His Holy Spirit. Talk about motivating. He loves you, He saves you, and then He wants to teach you, train you, lead you. He wants to shape you. That's what all training is, is formation. He wants to mold you into the likeness of His Son. That's the whole point of becoming saved. Don't be saved and just sit in a box somewhere. You're being saved to become more godly so you can fully enjoy God. You and I don't become more holy in some way. How are we going to appreciate the holy God face to face for eternity? How? How are you going to do it? God's design is like this. These little tiny growing plants, everything uh, has to do with uh, this. If we look at, at uh, 1 Peter 2.2, 2, um, he talks about longing for, uh, that by it you may grow up to salvation. He uses 
Uh, Peter uses this grow word several times, and in a connection with Jesus' teaching about thirsting and hungering, long for, long for what Jesus can teach you today and tomorrow. Long for it. Really want it. You know, there have been times in your life where you really wanted something. Right? 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 <laughs> I know this is the 8 o'clock service, but man, this is right. You, you have to want it. And when you've been saved by Jesus Christ, you cannot get ho-hum because he is in the growing process. He's trying to grow you. The word that was planted in you, accept the word that was planted in you. Let the word of God that's been planted in you take root and grow. Grow you. Change you. That's the whole point. It's not just a bunch of words. Growing equals thriving. Now, by the way, if you have a bulletin, this is actually the fill-in, which I don't normally do. (laughs) But uh, some of these things, uh, I just want you to kind of see the connection before we end up in some other scripture. Psalm 52, 8 says, I am like a green olive tree in the house of God forever and ever. Huh? You feel like a green olive tree, anybody? 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 Well, you know, green olive trees kind of stink a little bit. Uh, You know that, right? Um, But they, they send off this strong aroma. You ever been on an olive tree orchard or whatever it's called? It's crazy, man. It's crazy. You, you can hardly, your nose is overwhelmed. The aroma, the aroma of a fresh, vibrant olive tree is just like, uh, you, you, after a while, you almost can't stand it. The aroma is awesome. It's like, man, that's, that's distinctive. And I'm telling you, you and I need to be an aroma to the world. It needs to be distinctive. We need to be green olive trees walking around, very alive, very alive, not ho-hum. Growing, thriving. We go all the way back uh, to uh, Isaiah 58, 11, where Isaiah is talking about our being a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. And that's a lot like what Jesus is talking about in John 4.14. Uh, there's there's a, a real interesting connection between what Isaiah is saying and what Jesus is saying in John 4. Very interesting connection. And then you have the psalmist writing, Psalm 92.12, The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Now think about that. Uh, okay, so Darlene and... Michael, we're just down south. Were there palm trees down there? You see any palm trees? Okay, well, you have to go south to see a palm tree or out to California. Palm trees are pretty cool. They're pretty cool looking. They provide shade. They kind of this, they branch out. They kind of go out. And they, it's very interesting. It's an interesting design of a tree. He's saying something about the palm tree flourishing and um, it, you know, it actually flourishes without too much water, uh, and growing like a cedar in Lebanon. You know how big the cedars were in Lebanon? Like the size of this building. <laughs> they were massive, like a redwood forest. Massive, massive, massive. Uh, yeah, the cedars uh, in Lebanon. 
He's not talking about a little minute growth. He's talking about major growth. Growing equals thriving. And this is God's idea, and he talks about it all the way through the Bible. He talks about it all the way through. And he actually takes things from the physical world, you know, plants and all this, and, and actually likens it to spiritual learning, spiritual development, what's going on inside your soul. That's, I find that fascinating. Uh, the next thing has to do with uh, light equals life. You know, the, the, the light that Jesus Christ brought into the world uh, is bringing the life, the life of God, not only the light of God, but the life of God into the world. And where there is light, what happens with plants? Yeah, you ever plant something in the wrong place in your yard? They go, not enough sun. And then you move it from here out into the sun, and you go, woo! It's like, man, takes up the whole backyard. The sun. It's the sun. This is the way God designed things. You have to have light in order to grow. You have to have light in order to really have life. There is no life without light. You know this, right? Not just with plants. This is the way the life of God works. And uh, the Apostle John says this. Uh, He says, If we walk in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Underline it. Uh, All sin. And he is reflecting back, uh, John, in all of his writings, on Jesus talking about, I am the light. I am the life. The Apostle Paul is saying, Christ who is your life. And he was the light of the world. When Jesus Christ comes into your life, he brings light. Truth. You can actually see things for what they are. And you can actually grow. You can get out of your paper bag, fighting over in a corner with yourself, and you can grow. He sets you free from a bunch of nonsense, self-centered nonsense. And he puts you on a path to growth. It's the whole point. Holiness is growth. Becoming like Jesus is spiritual growth, the kind that God is interested in. Loving equals growing. I think this is VBS. Hey, hey, that picture? I think it's VBS. <laughs> There's a lot of loving and growing going on at VBS. Uh, talk to these ladies up here. Loving equals growing. You and I are, are cultivated best, grown best. You feel the best when you're in a loving situation, right? You're in a safe situation. And the people who are with you in that situation really, really care about you. That's when you flourish. If you're in the middle of a bunch of people who are trying to do you in constantly, not too great. You're in a family situation where people are not trying to lift each other up, trying to be thoughtful toward each other, kind toward each other, not great. You want a human being, a human soul to flourish, you put them in the middle of loving people. 
people who actually know how to forgive, people who know how to be kind, people who are not selfish, people who can actually put somebody else in front of them at some point, somewhere along the line. Loving equals growing. You're never going to grow if you're, if you're not becoming a more loving person. How, how is it going to happen? You want everybody to like just not offend you the rest of your life? Is that the deal? I, I'm going I'm to sit here and not talk to anybody and not assert anything good, and I, I just hope nobody offends me. I dare you to offend me. I'll be offended all day long, man. There are a lot of offensive things going on in this world. You're never going to grow if you don't learn how to love like Jesus. That's the reality right there. Can't tell you anything else. Ephesians 4, 15 and 16 says, We will speak the truth in love, growing in every way. Huh? How are you going to grow in every way? By speaking the truth in love. You're going to learn how to communicate, there it is again, in a loving way. Yeah. You can actually say what you feel. You can say what you think. But you do it in a loving way. In particular, you and I are sharing the truth, the words of Jesus, growing in every way, more and more like Christ And it helps others, the other parts of the body, to grow. Do you know what? The kinder you are to all these other people here, the better they do. You know that, right? Yeah. If you're hard on all these other people and you're just waiting to be offended and you're stinky, you got stink eye for somebody, you're in trouble. You're in deep trouble. That's not Jesus' way. That's not the love of Jesus. You're not going to grow, man. You're going to get stuck. You're going to get stuck in that. And that's that whole bitter root thing from Hebrews. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. This is why we want to have this grow class once a year to make sure that we keep growing. We keep growing. We keep, there, there's, there's always new application. There's new stuff to talk about. You're going through different things at different times. Uh, this is a, an ongoing, real-time conversation in the Word of God that needs to happen. Okay. Ephesians 5, 2 says, Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. Is your life filled with love? Your kids look at you and say, Man, Mom, Dad, you're so loving. <laughs> oh, sorry. On some days, that's a tough one. But even when you're correcting, they should know you love them. They should know. You should communicate it. Love filled a life filled with love. That's what God's talking about, Ephesians 5.2. Philippians 2.1 is talking about something similar. He's talking about Christ, being in Christ. You, you have any comforting that comes to you because of Christ? Does Christ comfort you in some way? Yes, He gave you the Holy Spirit, who is the Comforter, to comfort you. He is comforting you. And yet you're in this fellowship with all these people, and you're not comforting somebody else somehow? 
What's the deal with that? It means you're not growing. You're not becoming more like Jesus. Are your hearts tender and compassionate? You're supposed to be growing in this direction. Anybody here a little bit hard-edged? You feel a little bit tough? You may, you've been hardened a little bit by the world? The world's a tough place. You get beat up a few times, you start getting a little bit hardened. Yeah, you start making all kinds of assumptions that God's not making. He's not making. He's protecting you. He's ready to unfold some stuff for you with courage and faith, and it has to do with tenderness and compassion and love and comforting. Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other. Man, we should love to agree with each other. Every time we agree, we should be like, awesome, awesome, awesome. Loving one another and working together with one mind and purpose. It is fantastic when you and I get on the same page with God and we can agree almost all the time. We can, we can love each other through all kinds of things all the time. It's fantastic. It doesn't happen all the time. But here at Laurel, it happens quite a bit. Praise God. Praise God. Philippians 2, 3 of 5. Don't be selfish. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude, disposition, mindset that Jesus Christ had. This is what uh, the growing is about. Work hard, Paul says, for God is working in you. This is the way God thinks about it. You know, growing spiritually is hard work. It is hard work. But you and I are supposed to be growing because God is working. He's working. Uh, giving you the desire, there's that hunger, and the power to do what pleases Him. Do everything without complaining. Live as children of God, shining like bright lights. Hold firmly to the word of life and rejoice. That is God's idea of what should be going on here. That's God's idea. Now in Colossians, Philippians, and we'll close out here. Uh, Philippians, uh, I guess, uh, this is actually chapter 1, sorry, 1, 9 through 11. Um, Paul says, I pray that your love will overflow more and more, and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. This is what the apostles wanted for all the first Christians. They wanted this. They wanted them to be loving more and more, loving more and more, overflowing with love, not just kind of handing out a little thimble, you know. Well, I got burned last time, so I'm going to be careful here. Your love will overflow more and more, and that you will keep on growing. Keep on loving, keep on growing. They go together, and guess what? You actually really come to know Christ as you're doing this. You, you really get spiritual understanding as you're doing this. And the final thing is praying equals growing. You will never have a, a vibrant spiritual life day to day if you do not have a strong prayer life. Okay? Not going to happen. Praying equals growing. You want to grow? You start praying differently. You start spending more time in prayer. 
You wake up first thing in the morning before you do anything else and you talk to the Father about a whole set of things that need to change inside of you today. You start doing that and you'll start growing. And the last thing I have to tell you is that on June 22nd, see where that guy is standing right there? June 22nd, we're praying up on the mountain again, Sugarloaf Mountain, just south of Frederick, three hours of praying, looking over that valley, three hours of praying. And you'll learn six new ways to pray. You'll be praying with people in a way you've never prayed before, and you will start to get a jump start on a prayer life that's going to fuel your spiritual growth from here on out. If you're here today, you are not in Jesus Christ. That's where it all starts. You you don't even have this available to you until you have been baptized into Jesus Christ, the way that Jesus and the apostles talk about all the way through the New Testament. If you're here today and you want to do that, come forward as we stand and sing.